I'm angry because my life stinks with these tiny ugly germs. I just wish I could shrink to the size of a germ with a tiny knife and just stab it in the in the eye. You're frustrated, right? Yes. Yeah. Girl frustrated. What's the hardest thing about this for you, Soph? Staying home and not being able to go to my favorite stores or my favorite places. Like, that virus is just a meanie! I know. Everyone's so fed up, too, just like you. I understand. It's hard, right? But All I can do are, are throw tantrums and growl and scream. I think my trip got cancelled because I, too, I complained too much. What do you mean? Like, I was worried that it was, um, going, my trip was going to get cancelled, and it did. Well, a lot of people's trips got cancelled over spring break, right? This it's is just the keep... worst spring break of my life. Well, it's not, yeah, it's been a very long spring break, hasn't it? It's not, it's not spring break anymore. But you know why we have to do this. Do you know why we have to do this? Do you remember? Why we have to stay inside and... I mean, we still go out for walks and things, but why we have to social distance ourselves? So that we don't spread germs. Mm -hmm. Yuck! And... Bleak. It'll go away faster. Yeah, if but it's not going away. It's getting a bit better, like I told you to. A bit better? Yeah, because I told you. I can't you... wait any longer. How long has it been now? 38 days, according to my quarantine tracker. What's your quarantine tracker again? Like one of those um things you see people doing in prison. Like they... they um draw tally marks to track down the days they've been in jail. And that's what it feels like? Yes. What is the thing that makes you the happiest right now when you get sad? What cheers you up? Coloring and listening to music. Mm-hmm. You've been jumping on the trampoline. That helps. Yeah. You, you did a really good job tonight helping me cook your favorite meal, the coconut shrimp. Mm hmm Yeah. That was a conversation I had in the middle of the night with my daughter Sophie. She was expressing her frustration about being stuck at home because of COVID and living with autism. I'm Katie Benison. Welcome to Life on the Spectrum, the Autism Family Podcast. In previous episodes, we've covered everything from diagnosis to adulthood. And today, we're going to talk about the COVID crisis. We'll speak to other families and see what they're going through during this time of isolation.
So we're going to be talking about how life has been during the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'd like to introduce you to the people that are going to be joining us. First of all, we have Sharzad is a full-time high school teacher. She's currently working from home. Her husband is also working from home, and they have a 15-year-old son, Vala, who has autism. Hi, Sharzad. Hi, Katie. Thank you Thank for you. having me. Thank you so much for being with us. Next, we have Vicki Ryan. Vicki works full-time as a leadership consultant. She's currently working from home. She's also the founder of Girls Club, a nonprofit that she created to connect families and provide social opportunities for girls with autism and other neurological or developmental differences to make friends. Vicki's husband works in computer sales. He's full-time from home as well. And they have an eight-year-old daughter, Charlotte who has autism. Thanks so much for joining us. Happy and to be here. Also joining us today is Sandra. Sandra is a full-time mom. Her husband is a doctor working on the front lines. He's a hospital physician. Very, very busy man at this point, as you can imagine. They have two kids, a 13-year-old daughter, Sienna, on the spectrum, and an 11-year-old son who is neurotypical. Sandra, great to have you on Life on the Spectrum today. Well, thank you, Katie. I'm very glad to be here. Have you got your coffee with you? <laughs> it's all finished. It's all finished. <laughs> I had it at the start. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I know. It's too bad we couldn't like have somebody come and pour a social distance coffee for all of us. But <laughs> <laughs> And last but not least, we've got Tim Benison, my husband, and the only dad who was brave enough to come on the podcast. I must have put a call out to uh, over 25 parents. And Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Tim is also working from home. He's in the middle of starting up a video game company. He's a professional watercolor artist. We've been homeschooling our kids and holding the fort down during this crisis. And we also have my 80-year-old mother living with us during the uh, pandemic. Tim, good morning. Good morning. Happy to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're here and uh, you have been the uh, technical arm of this whole thing as well. Now, I want to start out with uh, Sharzad. Uh, let's talk to you about how has it been going at your house? The first thing I have to say that it's not easy. The, the routine has changed a lot. Things have been really, the thing that we have been dealing with a lot is the unpredictability of the situation which mm-hmm. I don't have any answers for when is this going to end, when things are going back to normal, when Vala is able to see like he has like a f- one friend that he really likes and they were like, they just got close with each other during the last six or seven months and this was his like point of joy in life and now he lost that. So when is he going to see his friend? And does he understand what when you talk about the pandemic? He um, does. He does. Yeah, he does it. He does, but and he tries a lot. We do lots of. Uh, he's very aware of his emotions and what is happening. So we do lots of meditation, lots of talking. But still, at some points during the day, it becomes unbearable for him. So it's like like the questions that come over and over, like why and when. Why and, can't I? Like, what yeah, would he why, ask? Me? He asks, like, why did this happen? Like, mm-hmm. why? I'm like, and then I go over these, like, it's out of our hands. And the most important thing is, when 
it will end. So we look at the we look at the news, we watch news every day. This is one part. Homeschooling is another part that we're dealing with. It's really hard. Now you're a high school teacher. So yes. in terms of the uh, teaching and homeschooling, and you're saying that it's really tough. How are you getting Vala to uh, sit down and, and do work? How, just sort of give us a glimpse of okay. what it looks like. So what I did was that from the first, like from the first day that I figured out that this is going to be our life, I started to make a routine. So the time that he sleeps at night, the time that he wakes up, like his clothes are ready for him to wear and come out of the room have breakfast, you know, I made it like a schedule, daily schedule. And he knows that he has to sit and start working at 10 o'clock. When it becomes a schedule and something that we can't just get rid of it, he just sticks to it because he mm -hmm. thinks this is the, 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 you know, it's like, okay, I can't do anything except what is there on the paper. <laughs> exactly. We're doing something very, very similar yes. in our house, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. But you know, when he, this friend that you're talking about that he became so close to, and he, you know, really wants to see, how has he been coping with that? Okay. Have one, they been yeah. They are talking with, like, they are seeing each other through like Instagram videos and they are, Vala likes to make music and mm -hmm. he likes also to make music. So they are doing collaboration in making music with each other oh that's great <laughs> yes they, they are doing that that helped a lot so they are, are they recording like how does how does that work yeah they are like Vala has a like a YouTube channel he's doing lots of these kind of stuff he's writing his lyrics and they are making things with each other and they're recording it so that's the that's the point of joy in his life but like he does, he sits, does his work, but it's very hard for me because I have to teach and I have to teach him also because from school since like till now, it's just assignments that are coming in, nothing else. And so you get some alone time for yourself? I manage that also. I have down that, that is the only thing that is helping me during this crisis. I have downloaded the 5k app. So I'm going on a 35 minutes run plus walk every day and coming back home. That's the time that I get for my own. And that's something that is helping me. Good for you. Yeah. Wow. Well, thanks, Sharzad. We'll come back to you uh, in, in just a second. Thanks for sharing that. Now, Vicky, Ryan, over to you. You've got eight-year-old Charlotte at your house uh, and your husband is working full-time. You're working full-time. How are you fitting everything in? <laughs> there was a meme going around that I saw. It's like the, the one with the, I don't know what it is, if it's a sock puppet or whatever. It's that monkey that makes the face. And um, yeah, underneath yeah. The, the words said something like, when you find out, the how you live your life normally is what the rest of the world calls calls quarantine and we laugh because we're like yeah like staying home a lot and being low-key is not very out of routine for our family like it would be a normal thing on a weekend to spend an entire day in our pajamas or in our backyard so right. at first it was it seemed like oh no this is going to be no problem she's happy she's so happy this is great. But as time has gone by, we're on week five. We locked down a little bit earlier, I think, than some people because um, Dan and I had gone down to Palm Springs uh, for a weekend for a family uh, event. 
And then because we had been out of the country, we thought, okay, well, we better, we better quarantine. So um, now we're on week five or week six that um, things have shifted. You know, she can only, she's bored and restless and she misses her routine, like swimming pool and um, seeing the kids at school and, and things like that. So it's not quite as delightful as it started out to be. And I'm finding as her mom, it's tough to juggle working. And then I feel guilty that I'm not able to, to pay attention to her in the way that she wants me to when I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be working. So now, there's that. So because if there are uh, parents listening, um, Charlotte is, is nonverbal. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering so that other parents that may be in the same situation as you can learn, how did you communicate to her what is going on for an eight-year-old to understand? Did you use stories or like a social story? Yeah, I'd love to hear. Yeah, so Charlotte is non-speaking, but her receptive language is at at age or ahead of her age. So she's eight, almost nine years old. So in terms of, of language, Charlotte doesn't have expressive speech. So she can't speak, but her receptive language is very high. So meaning she understands everything you say. So I'm um, able to speak to her like you would be able to speak to any eight or nine-year-old child. She will understand it. She just can't express back. Um, She has to type back her understanding of what I'm saying, which is slow and she doesn't like doing it. So there's complications there. Um, So yeah, so for me, it's, it's easy to tell her things. It's difficult for us to solicit whether she has questions or emotions about it. That's where our communication challenges are. So what happens when you guys go out for a walk or uh, how does she do with social distancing? Does she understand why it's important to keep a distance or how is that working? Um, When we're on walks, she will naturally walk us to the playground. We live close to an elementary school and um, there's a couple of different playgrounds there and she's used to playing on them and she likes them. But of course they have the caution tape and she's not allowed to touch them. And um, when I explain every time <laughs> we can't play on here, it's against the rules and here's why. And, and we explain it. She just, she's, she gets upset and angry about that, but I'm trying to, so now we try and go for a walk in the opposite direction and just avoid the playgrounds altogether. But because we live in the suburbs, no matter which way we walk, I'm going to pass an elementary school at some point. Um, And so we're going to have this conversation on our walk. She seems to be getting it more and more, but she's a stubborn little thing. So she's, she's almost like, you know, she still drags me to the edge of the playground and we have to have the conversation there as opposed to me telling her like a couple of blocks away. Well, thank you for sharing, Vicki. (laughs) Thank you. Sandra. I want to check in with you and see how everything is going. Your husband is on the front lines full time. You've got a 13-year-old daughter on the spectrum and an 11-year-old. How are things, I mean, you're pretty much holding the fort, yeah? Um, It's been a big adjustment because my husband works at a major hospital and he's intubating patients and putting them on the respirators. He's in close contact with COVID patients every day. He's in full PPE. Um, He's working long hours. He's getting called in in the the night. Um, So 
that in addition to the kids not being in school and my son who has all his sports, he's not into sports. My daughter doesn't have her therapies um, and all the social contacts that she gets through that and through school. It's, it's been really hard. The kids have had a hard time with it all. And it's a lot on you, uh, you know, with your husband having to be so busy with the long hours. And how is Sienna coping with all the changes in her routine since the pandemic? It's been really up and down for her. Um, I think generally she has she has an anxiety disorder in addition to her to begin diagnosis with. of autism. And it's uh, really coming to light through all of this. She's very worried about her dad because he... Um, he's over 50, he has asthma, and he's working closely with patients. He's in a high-risk category and a high-risk job. And she's worried about her grandparents, who are both, all three of them are um, in their 80s. And mm -hmm. she doesn't get to see them. And they're, they're a special social and emotional resource for her as well. Uh, so she's very up and down. Sometimes she seems fine, and then out of the blue will come a lot of worry or a lot of irritability, a lot of defiance. And I think it's generally just her underlying anxiety that's kind of niggling away at her. I've also noticed she's not sleeping as well as she used to, mm -hmm, and she's waking mm -hmm. up with dreams and things like that. So oh. um, it's definitely having an effect on her. I can see that. So what are you doing to try and cope? Like, what are some of your coping strategies? We have um, a schedule. Uh, so she has some certain things she has to get done in addition to her schoolwork throughout the day. Things have improved a bit regarding that. And now that some of her um, outside school activities and therapies have adjusted so that they're able to be done online a bit. So she's getting to see some of her therapists again, who um, are very important people in her life. And we've, I've always kind of, because she's still kind of young, I've kept her away from a lot of the social media stuff, but we're tapping into that a bit. And um, I'm letting her text friends, I'm letting her go on messenger kids, I'm letting her go on. Um, she loves My Little Pony, and she's joined a Facebook group about that. So um, I'm trying to do things like that for her. You're being really creative. I mean, you're just such an amazing mom. I mean, even her birthday is coming up soon, and you're doing something pretty unique for that. That was a huge worry and source of a lot of angst and disappointment for her. She looks forward to her birthday months in advance. She had been planning it, and it's not the birthday she was planning. So yes, we're doing a virtual online party where they're going to make a craft together with a bunch of friends and we delivered the craft kits already to everybody. She's getting something, but she's, it's, it's still, you know, we're telling her, you know, it's, you're still going to get the party you want. It's just going to be later. But the really tough part is we can't say when, and it's mm -hmm. the not knowing that's really hard, not knowing when this is going to end and not knowing, um, you know, it, she's in grade seven. Are they going to have a grad this year? She doesn't know. A lot of things she's been looking forward to are slowly shutting down. Like, Do you think Sienna is understanding what's happening? She definitely understands it, but she does not like it one single bit. Mm -hmm. uh, we try also to do some positive things. For instance, we've been using sidewalk chalk and putting hearts and rainbows and positive messages at the end of our front walks, because people do walk a lot in our neighborhood. Uh, a lot of people are out walking. 
so they see those messages. We wrote a message on our mailbox thanking our letter carrier for delivering our mail every day because that really helps her mental health to do something nice for somebody else. And then she gets yeah. a lot of positive feedback from that. Like the, the letter carrier, we caught his eye the other day and he yelled back, I love your artwork and Aww. stuff like that. So that. So, and the neighbor yelled across the, the drive, the, across the road the other day, like that just made my day. I was feeling so depressed and to see her message was made me feel so good. So we're, yeah. things like that are helpful. How's the homeschooling going for you? So they're in separate rooms Mm -hmm. and then I'm running back and forth because I have to make sure she is on task because she will look at other things on her computer that aren't related to schoolwork if you're not on top of her. And that's been an issue at school, not only at home. Yeah, we're having that. Yeah. And I'm finding her need and desire for screens just gets more and more as time goes by because she's just feeling disconnected and she's tired of the non-screen entertainments we have at home. We've kind of almost run out of stuff. I mean, she's done a lot of, I found a resource called, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, it's called OutSchool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have a lot of really interesting, and they could be one-time classes that you do online. She's done art classes, writing classes, you can join a choir. My son's doing some really fun science classes with candy. That has actually been lovely because A, they're learning, but B, it's, I let my, I let my, I sort of go through and I see what I think would interest them or what I'd like them to be doing. And then they pick what they want to work on and what they want to learn. So they actually have an out school class almost every day as well. And you've been teaching some life skills as well, haven't you, to the kids? I have. I've said this is an opportunity for us to learn life skills at home because it's something I've been thinking about for my daughter anyway, now that she's going to be going to high school. I don't call them chores. I call it mom's life skill class. And what we're doing today is learning how to use the fancy coffee maker. That was the first lesson so they could make mom coffee in the morning. Oh, <laughs> wow. That... They're, they're learning how mom's to clean smart. their bathroom. Yep. They're learning how to clean their bathroom. My son's doing vacuuming 101. He's going to have to be a repeat class, I think, but we're getting there. (laughs) Oh, gosh, this sounds so familiar. I know. This is what we've been doing, too. Well, thanks for sharing, Sandra. I want to get to Tim. Um, Tell me, paint a picture of what it's been like for you at our house during the pandemic. We've gone through several phases in our family with this pandemic. When the first lockdown occurred, sort of in mid-March, uh, it was very, very hard for all of us because we had been planning to go to on a trip o- overseas, and th- there's been a big buildup over the months in our family. Everyone was excited about it, and our daughter, who's on the spectrum, didn't take take to it very kindly. It was uh, a big source of disruption and sadness and emotional bursts. Um, and then the whole upsetting of the routine, which I'm sure most families experienced, was seemed to be magnified by ten factor ten with our our daughter um, just not going to school and not being able to do any of her usual things. So one of the things we did early on the advice of our behavior consultant was we set up a structure, a written structure that we posted in the kitchen for what their chores were and when was meal times and when was exercise and things like that. Um, and that really helped. And we've we've sort of done, I don't know, six or seven versions of that as we've evolved over the weeks. And now 
the structure is really helping our family. We have a chore schedule. We have a school schedule now that school's back. Um, and we have free time. And we have time with grandma who's living with us. Their 80-year-old grandma is living with us too now. And so it seems to be really helping. The idea of a, a structured schedule that's mm-hmm. posted on the wall, uh, it, I think it helps Sophie a lot. Um, the other thing that's been going on is just the dealing with the personal social hygiene. Dist- well, oh, yeah. the, the social distancing and the washing the hands and the not touching things when we go on outings, because we always go outside for at least once a day for exercise. That's been really tough. Um, she's a teenager. She doesn't like being reminded of, of things like that. But she also has uh, not as much awareness with social distancing as, as we'd like her to have when we're out and about. She also has, always, for, for several years, had a problem with finger picking and biting her fingers, which is a real bad combination when you're out and touching things and putting your fingers in your mouth. And frankly, I have, I'm, I'm uh, probably more conservative when it comes to dealing with the virus uh, and, and, you know, sort of personal hygiene stuff. And uh, it's been causing me anxiety, which is reflected back on her. So we had a lot of anxiety, a lot of emotional outbursts regarding that. But I think we're getting to a better place now with all things considered. She's learned a, a bunch of things over time. Yeah, I think that because we've got the routine in place and, uh, you know, she's still able to socialize via Zoom and, you know, as they call it, the new normal, just trying to get everything set up like her singing lessons are still at the same time they were. They're just on Zoom. She's got her social group once a week with uh, other people uh, as well that uh, and her therapist. She has her therapist sessions. So there is there's a sense of structure there. And, uh, you know, we, we start school at the same time all the time, and that really helps her. And she has a daily chat with uh, all the kids from her school that's set up each day. So I think that really helps. The thing that I find really difficult is when we are out and we have to remind her gently about social distancing, and she'll have a huge tantrum outside the house so that it's turning other people's heads. And you know, and the, that part doesn't concern me so much because we've been living with autism for so many years. The part that concerns me is the fear uh, on other people's faces when she gets too close to them, you know, and then it's, don't tell me what to do, mom, I know what I'm doing. And they're like, whoa, <laughs> you know, so that that's the part that I find hard. Yeah, yeah I think it's a, it's a big deal for her. We spent a lifetime teaching her the social norms when we're not under a pandemic. And now it's almost like the social norms are flipped instantly. And that doesn't go down well with someone on the spectrum who's, you know, been taught cognitively to learn all this, the right way to behave and the right way to engage with people. And now it's sort of quite a bit different. I mean, it's not so different when you're online, so that's good. And she takes well to that. And like you said, as we've ramped those up, it's really helped. And one other thing that we've noticed with our therapist is she's really good at checking off things. And so we have all these checklists that that she does, which encourages her to do her morning and nightly routine, to do her chores, to do her schoolwork, to track even how her emotional regulation and her outbursts are going over the days and be sort of self-aware about that. All that stuff, of course, is good data for our behavior consultant, but it also helps Sophie actually do better at those things. So that was one surprising thing that we, we took advantage of. And I think the other thing that's really tough for her to understand is like, 
you know, we have all these routines that she loves, like once a month, she loves this particular magazine. So we go to the magazine store and, and if it, if they don't have it, well, then we'll go to the grocery store and just find it. Well, right now, I'm only the one going to the grocery store or uh, most of the time, you know, we're getting them picked up. She's not allowed to go to the grocery store. Uh, she wants to go have an ice cream. Uh, we, we can't, the, the ice cream parlors aren't open. You know, we can definitely have an ice cream bar at home, but, you know, we'll be out and on, on our bike rides. And she's so used to, that's part of the routine. We go for a bike ride, we have an ice cream, and then all of a sudden being told that she can't go and have one. She can't even go into the drugstore uh, to get one. Uh, I'm going to go in and I'll text you and tell you what's what they've got and I'll bring it out. I don't think cognitively she has her head wrapped around that. So that has been really challenging for us. Yeah. And the other, another aspect uh, related to, um, you know, what Sharzad was saying is, when is this all going to be over? When is this going to be back to normal? Sophie started taking, uh, keeping track of the days under quarantine, as she puts it, just and she keeps referring to it, just like those movies where someone's in prison and they're marking the hash marks on the wall. I'm doing that now. And she tells people about this. So it's clearly on her mind, like, how long is this going to go on for? And And she reflects on how long it's already happened, which is a long time for her already. And so not being able to tell her, oh, it's going to be you know, two more weeks or five more weeks is really tough on, on all of us. So we're seeing a similar thing to what Sharzad's family's going through. Mm -hmm. Well, Sharzad, what tips would you have for other people that might be uh, listening um, that in terms of things that have worked well for you? So the first thing that I would suggest is that, first of all, what I figured out is that I needed to take care of myself because I also have some kind of anxiety which had built up more during the 15 years that I was dealing with all these situations. Mm -hmm. So I figured out that, and as we all know, is that our emotions transfer very easily to our kids who are on the spectrum. So the first thing that I'm very aware of is that I need to calm myself down at the beginning of the day and deal with my own emotions and anxiety and then start the day. This is the first thing. The second is the routine, like having a routine, as you all said, it is a huge difference. The predictability during the day that what is going to happen, what are the things I have to do, like all those things, like the routine is very important. And one more thing is this like some kind of, which we are all doing, the exercise, getting out and having some kind of fresh air, the like uh, getting rid of all those energy that has built up in them sitting at home. Uh, like that, these three things for me is like first calming my own self, having routines and having a bit of exercise or some outdoor thing going on every day without interruption. Those are the three things that I think are key in my life now. Do you have anything that you want to uh, add that we haven't covered about your experience right now dealing with the pandemic? Yes. One thing is that I started very hard with Vala, with his assignments at school, and I wanted him to do everything and be perfect and hand them in on time. But I don't think it's it's worth it from my, for my mental health and Vala's mental health. So maybe we should just be like 
play it low and just do as much as we can and not expect a lot during these times from ourselves and from our kids. Like what they can do is enough, not just taking it to the another level to be perfect and hand in on time and just be in touch with their teachers, with the school to let them know that we are doing our best and this is what we can do. Thank you, Sharzad. Vicky, how about you? Do you have any tips or anything else that you'd like to add that we haven't covered with you earlier? Sure. Yeah, I think um, like Sharzad, I, I think the schedule has helped. I think daily exercise has helped. And then the, the tip that I have, which echoes as well what Sharzad said, is I realized, I think, pretty early on that we will all get through this a lot better and easier and and happier if we really lower our expectations and demands. Like um, I had read somewhere that, you know, this is, you're not um, working from home. You are being forced to work from home during a crisis. And it's the same, you're not homeschooling. There's a big difference between actual homeschooling and what we're doing now with schooling. So this shouldn't feel easy and normal and, um, okay, because it's not. So if you remove the expectation that this should be easier and you should be doing it perfectly or better, then I think you're you're giving yourself the break that you deserve. So I, I think my husband and I both agreed early on, like, we're going to do the best we can and that's going to be enough. And we're not going to judge ourselves for that. Um, and we have very much taken our foot off the gas in, in some respects. I've talked with my daughter's teacher about about what she can possibly expect from our household in terms of academics and she understands and agrees and we just really flip the switch on okay what's important here and we have decided to prioritize um, connection and happiness and health over any any sort of productivity or academics or keeping up or anything like that. And and for us, that really gave us the permission to relax. And um, it changed, I think, our, really changed our state of mind. And I see friends of ours struggling with that now, feeling a bit like worried about the kids' academics or worried about all sorts of things. And, you know, my subtle suggestion is, you know, if you're just, if you just can maybe make less demands of yourself and judge yourself less, I think you'll be happier overall and this might get a little bit easier. I think that's a really good piece of advice. You should get into therapy and counseling, Vicki. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, how about with you? Do you have uh, anything else that you'd like to add or uh, any tips, anything that we haven't mentioned? Well, I'm going to echo what Vicky just said. I mean, we, we call it the 80% rule here. You know, just for academics, like, don't try to do the 100% thing. Try to do the 80% thing. And, you know, really, that's a stand-in for, like, the 40% rule. Like, we're don't don't try to think this is normal times and normal homeschooling. You're totally right, Vicky. And that applies to everything in life. Like, try to be a, a pretty good parent. Don't try to be a 100% good parent in terms of discipline or structure or whatever. L don't worry too much about your kids on screens. I mean, we do have a structured screen system here, but like I've read, you know, who cares? They're not going to die if they're on screens too much in the next X months or weeks. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the one the one thing I totally agree with, Vicky. But the other one, I harking back to what Sharzad said is number one rule, and this I realized this after the first couple of weeks, which were really tough for me personally, 
because I'm a science guy and I read the numbers and I'm a math guy and I was getting pretty horrified about what was going on, um, is take care of yourself. You know, um, you got to take care of yourself first because those vibes enter into your family and make an echo back and make it worse. So the one thing I did, this is a one specific thing that I did that's new for me is meditation. Mm-hmm. I've, I've been a meditation like skeptic my entire life. Like what is this woo woo, you know, stuff, forget it. But my daughter, my younger daughter, Charlotte got me into it. We did a, we, we did a, a body scan meditation. We listened to a five minute one on Spotify one night. And now I do it every day, two or three times a day. Uh, you know, 10, 15 minute body scan uh, and breathing, four, seven, eight breathing combination meditation. And boy, I, it physically made a difference. So if you're going to do one thing, you know, that you maybe you haven't tried before, meditation, like seriously, mm-hmm. take it up. Yeah. And I back you up, Tim, because uh, I never thought you'd be the type to do that ever. And it has definitely helped with reducing your stress. Sharzad, you had something that you wanted to say. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, I want to add to what Tim said. I wasn't a meditation person at all, but I downloaded an app which is free called Breathe, and it has like little five-minute, six-minute meditation things. It It is changing my life, adding to what Tim said. It is helping me a lot during the day, and I find myself in different places that I'm just sitting, closing the door, and doing that five-minute thing, which is very helpful. I do recommend that also. It's amazing. Thank you. Well, that gives you a slice of what it's been like in a few homes. And I really want to thank each and every one of you for contributing and sharing what it's been like uh, as we go through this pandemic. Thank you to our listeners for listening to the Life on the Spectrum special podcast episode, Coping with COVID. Please share it with other families who might find it helpful. Subscribe to the podcast to hear other episodes and help us spread the word. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode or you have an idea for another episode, you can always email us at contact at lifeonthespectrumpodcast.com. Visit our website at lifeonthespectrumpodcast.com. And just to point out, this is a hobby podcast because life has been very busy here on the spectrum in the Benison household. So uh, I will get episodes out when we can. I'm Katie Benison. Take care and stay safe. And right now, I just, I don't feel like a mermaid at all. I know. But what are we going to say once we can get on that plane and go to Hawaii? Aloha COVID. Can you say that? Hasta la vista, virus. (laughs) Exactly.